Welcome to this edition of the Swim Swam podcast. I'm today's host, Coleman Hodges, and joining us today, she is a five-time medalist from this most recent edition of the 2023 World Championships. She was throwing down monster relay splits left and right, as well as earning a silver medal in the 50 free today. We're sitting down with Shayna Jack. Shayna, how's it going? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about the season and what's to come. Absolutely. I I am too, uh, cause because you had a monster meet. I'm gonna start off with this. It was uh we were <laughs> we were doing our swim swim fantasy draft and we were towards the end and it was between you and Gretchen Walsh. I had the decision. And I was like, you know what? Gretchen Walsh has more individual events. I'm a little more familiar with with her with her swimming just because I live in the US. So I picked mm-hmm. Gretchen Walsh over Shayna Jack. Oh, such well, a mistake! Didn't that one hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> it hurt. I I think I could have won if I would have. Look, I actually was them. talking to my partner about it, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know why you would pick me. Like, there's so many other great swimmers that are competing." And I literally said to him, "Don't pick me." So, <laughs> I guess I didn't even have that much faith in myself, to be completely honest. And. I guess I didn't expect the results, and that's why it was so beautiful to actually walk away with those medals and and feel all those accomplishments because they were so unexpected. Um, I tried to go into that meet just with a a clear head and and just wanted to enjoy myself and get some race experience because I had missed out um, on racing in previous years. So I wanted to just get as much exposure as I could um, a year out from Olympics. Absolutely. I mean, so let's, let's continue down that road of just, um, you know, the perspective you got, you got in a lot Mm -hmm. of racing last year, you went to world champs, you went to comm games. I mean, and from the outside, it seems like you had successful meets there. Um, what were you Mm -hmm. carrying or what do you feel like you were carrying into this season? Just in terms of, you kind of got back on the horse and, and it seems like you were in pretty good form. Did you have Mm -hmm. goals for this season or, or what were you wanting to accomplish? as you said, um, heading into this Olympic year? I definitely think because last year I started the world championships, but only got four days in and broke my hand um, in an incident with another swimmer in the warm up pool. So I didn't actually get to swim all the relays that I was intending on swimming and didn't get to swim any of my individuals last year. So I definitely came into this with that fire to be part of as many relays as I could and to really dominate that aspect and show that I'm a I'm an athlete that does lift for the people in my team um and I think I really did prove that so that was kind of my goal going into this and and again it was just executing that that 50 um individually and and seeing what I could do and coming away with a PB in that is just a great start um looking forward to you know heading towards next year I've, I've learned a few things from that competition on both in the 100 and the 50 and those things Dean and I'll discuss and moving forward we'll um, focus on those to make them strengths. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like you said, coming into this world champs, uh, you had the individual 50 free. I'm, I'm guessing you had a good idea. You'd be, um, on at least a few relays, but just the, the consistency you were able to 
show and, and maintain throughout this meet was pretty incredible. I mean, you were 51, Thank you. 69, uh, to, yeah. to start things off on that 400 free relay, you mm-hmm. split 51, seven on the mixed four free relay. Uh, you were 51, five on the mixed medley relay. I mean, you were, it's, it was, it was pretty incredible. Um, and that's, you know, and then you had the individual 50 free at the end of the meet, you were 155 mm-hmm. on the 800 free relay. So you've, mm-hmm. you've not only got the range, but you've got, um, consistency over an eight day meet, which is, I don't think a lot of people realize like how long that yeah. is and how long that is a long mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just as we get into discussing the minutia and details of the meet, mm-hmm. um, I want to start there. How, how are you able to maintain such consistency over that period of time? You know, it's not like, I don't know, it's, it, it, it seems hard to hold the taper for that long. Um, it definitely is. So I think that comes down to, you know, Dean's knowledge and my knowledge of I love to race. I've just got that ability to get up there and do my job and, and do what I'm there to do. Um, but it also is Dean's expertise on knowing how to build a really great baseline for us. So, you know, before all the specific work even starts, we ensure that we have a good baseline of fitness to ensure you know, when we do have meets that go on for eight, nine days, we can actually maintain ourselves um, through that period, no matter what we're kind of facing. You know, I think the biggest standout for that meet was a lot of the um, St. Peter's Western athletes, because a lot of us did have a fair few events over that period. Someone like Molly O'Callaghan had racing left, right and centre the whole time. And, you know, we just get up and go because we we work hard, we train hard. And so racing is the fun part. Racing is the enjoyable, you know, a couple laps you're done. Um, so I think we really do enjoy getting up in the green and gold and representing our country and just doing it as many times as we can. And And I think that's what drives us. For me, I took it day by day. I didn't look too far ahead and I feel like that made the meet go quicker. Um, and I really embraced every moment. But after every single time, you know, we achieved those goals or, you know, won the medals or, or got world records, I reminded myself that I had to kind of center myself and get ready for the next day. And and whether that be a relay or an individual um, swim, I had to be professional in everything I did. And I think that's what our training, we try to replicate those kind of events. And that's why we're ready to do it. And we're prepared to do it. Do you feel like um, again, kind of going back to getting getting reps in, do you feel like that um, you feel like you were rusty at all in that regard of calming yourself down and, and mentally saying, okay, we got to move on to the next one? Uh, I think when I first returned to swimming, I was. I think I really embraced, you know, the support and the love and, and everything that came with racing again. But this time I... I wanted to race and I wanted to perform and I wanted to put my name forward as one of the best that there is. And in order to do that, I had to be professional, make sure I recovered, make sure I made the right decisions. I knew that in order to to get those results, I had to do those things. And in order to then achieve those moments where you feel that pride and feel that joy and love from everybody around you, um, you know, you've actually, you've got to perform. So it kind of is a domino effect of, you know, I want to feel that love and I want to feel the crowd cheering for me and I want to feel all that. And in order to do that, I've got to stand up there and and represent my country with pride and do everything I possibly can to put down the best times I can. And 
And the great thing is I was in relay, so I had people supporting me in my team that were actually there. They had my back, whether I was lifting for them or they were lifting for me. It it makes it a little more less stressful. Um, I definitely felt the difference between the nerves for a relay than I did for my individual. I felt like I put a lot more pressure on myself for my individual and that was more just about execution and, and those kind of things. But I am really proud of how I handled that whole meet and I actually wasn't too proud of myself off the back of trials. So to be able to, you know, come away from trials and turn around about six weeks later and, and do what I did, I, I'm really proud of myself and to overcome the little mental challenge that I went through post-worlds, uh, I mean, sorry, post-trials, um, yeah, I think for me is is something to be proud of. Okay, that that's interesting. What <laughs> yeah. uh, What was disappointing for you about trials? I think the hardest part about being an athlete in Australia is it is so, we have so much depth and, you know, I started off with my 200 free and unfortunately I just missed out on the A final. So it was, although I I hadn't been training for the 200, I had posted a few good times for it. So I was quite disappointed not even to qualify for the A final and it just kind of dropped my confidence levels going into that meet straight off the start. Um, and then I, I was able to lift and, and perform a good time in the B final, which, you know, posted a great time for me to be able to, you know, if I made my spot, then I could be up for selection for that four by two. So that I was really happy to have, you know, turned around and, and done that. But I didn't feel great during trials. And that could also be that confidence thing. As soon as my confidence kind of got a bit of a hit, I, I struggled a little bit mentally and I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform and to be the person that I want to be in the pool. Um, and then I went into that hundred freestyle and I unfortunately, well, it is fortunate. I came third, so I can't be unhappy, but it was still that bittersweet moment where, you know, you are going to represent your country, um, in the, the relay, but there's that bittersweet moment where you just realize you just missed out on that individual spot. Um, which unfortunately I'd made last, the year before, but didn't get to race it because of my broken hand. So it was not necessarily anything to do with the other athletes. It was actually just a lot of pressure I'd put on myself and and I really wanted that individual swim and I know I'd trained for that individual swim um, and I think that's what got that fire in my belly going straight off the start of Worlds when I posted a 52-2 in my first 100 freestyle swim in the heats of the 4x100 free um, was basically that was just everything I wanted to show was that I deserved to be in that four way one relay and also um, I deserved to be in that 100 freestyle individual. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from. You know, that's, yeah. uh, and I mean, <laughs> I, you know, just from talking to you for 10 minutes, it is obvious. Yeah, you have, you have really high goals that, that you want to achieve. And I think we saw that, you know, throughout your performances. So let's, let's get to that world champs. Um, I, mm-hmm. so, so speaking of the four by two, um, so like you mm-hmm. said, you were, you were, and you won the B final at trials and then you made the team. So you were up for selection for that race. Mm-hmm. Is that pretty much just a coach's discretion, um, in terms of who, who is going to be swimming on that relay? Because you didn't end up swimming on the heats, but you were in the finals. I mean, and obviously that was a, a, a great decision. I mean, you, you, you had a, a great leg, but, 
Um, I'm kind of just curious how how that process worked and, and how it worked on your end. You know, were you kind of volleying for yourself in terms of like, I'm ready to be on this relay or did they just kind of mm-hmm. come up to you and were like, okay, Shana, you're on. <laughs> so there's, uh, there is a bit of a process. There's several coaches who are part of that decision-making. So um, I, I would say there's about four coaches who actually make the final decision on who's in the team. Um, so we already knew who was going to be in that heats team and they were posting times for, you know, some of them hadn't swum yet in the meet and some of them had, and some of them may not have been doing their performances that were expected of them. So the heats team was basically setting us up for the final. And I basically got told that if, if they felt like they needed me because I was performing well, they were going to ask me to step up. And I basically said to them, look, I'll be there. If you think that I'm the person for the job, I trust your decision and I will do the job. So that was basically the conversation I had was, if you want me, I'm there. If you don't want me, I understand it's it's their decision. Um, and so I guess a fair few girls had the opportunity to put forward their times and um, that was basically in the end, the decision was to progress one girl from the heat, which was Brianna Throssell, and then actually to put me molly and arnie in for the final um which is always a tough decision every single female there wants that final spot um i am someone that has raced in a fair few relays and i know every moment that like all the joy you can feel from those relays and the things you can achieve and and how amazing it does feel to be up there with three other women um representing your country so it is difficult to see other people get those um, positions over you but I think the one thing that you know especially the girls from my perspective on the Australian team we have the utmost respect for each other and we always support each other that was the one thing I noticed was every single girl who potentially didn't get picked turned around and congratulated myself and the other girls and was there cheering us on to the end and um, I think it was just just you know the, the cherry on top to actually get the gold medal and to get that world record as well I I didn't expect that I know that Dean definitely wanted it for us and he definitely had that conversation with us all. Um, but, you know, for me, I went into that just wanting to prove that I deserved that spot um, over the other girls that weren't selected because I wanted to prove that, you know, they didn't make the wrong decision by trusting me. Yeah. The, I mean, that's, <laughs> it's basically the St. Peter's relay. It's, it's like barely it did. It even was- the Australia <laughs> relay. <laughs> It was very, um, it was very cool. It, I think it was really emotional for Dean to even kind of, you know, obviously be on the sidelines watching that because, you know, we do have a lot of, we, I think we had uh, six or seven women from our program on the team and, you know, to have four of us standing up there getting those gold medals and world record um, all coached by him was you could just see the emotion on his face and you know we even got emotional with him after when we went and saw him and we just knew that we did our job and we made him proud and we made, we made the rest of the Australian team proud yeah so I, I I am really interested in asking you about that training environment but I want to stick to the meat <laughs> for for right mm-hmm. now um but your training I guess your training specifically you know you were you were 50 individually up to the 200. How, how do you feel like you balance those events in terms of your training, but also just in terms of mentally, 
you don't see a lot of people anymore swimming the 50 and the 200. <laughs> no, you don't. Look, it was one of those things that I definitely tried to sway Dean on, but unfortunately my ability is there. Um, I don't love it. I can tell you that now. I don't think anyone turns around and says they love a 200 freestyle because it's not a sprint and it's not aerobic. You just hurt the whole way. Um so I feel like the best thing about me as an athlete is that I have a group of people around me and I trust them. Um, it takes me time to trust someone, so I tend to be the person who actually lets someone in to my team of ath- or team of support. Um, I tend to make that decision and and who I trust and who I bring into my corner. Um, and Dean is obviously top of that list. Him and I have known each other since I was. 13 years old and sorry he um he always believed in me and he always knew that I could step up as an athlete no matter what I felt um no matter how I felt I could step up and perform and do the job that's needed and and I have always proven that um it may not always be the to the degree that I expected myself but I've always made you know him proud and I think that's the biggest thing with balancing is is I just trust Dean I show up every day I know that he's got a plan he's done the research he's done the work he knows exactly what he's doing my job is to show up trust the process and execute everything he asks so going back to that 800 free relay you know that you they you get the call you're going on finals yeah. uh yeah. and then at, at what moment do you you know obviously Molly O'Callaghan is leading off for you guys so I'm after mm-hmm. having broken the world record. So I'm guessing you guys are feeling pretty good. But at what moment do you realize, hey, I'm going next to Katie Ledecky? <laughs> oh, my God. When Dean told me that, <laughs> he told me that I was next to Katie and Summer. And I just went, oh, of course, I'm the one who's like not like, you know, I'm not really the two. Well, I am. But I guess I never really fully thought I was going to be a tournament swimmer. I guess I'm still educating myself but knowing that Katie was there and Summer was going to be there I just thought oh this will be fun um and I watched I watched her the whole race I I actually thoroughly enjoyed that I thoroughly enjoyed turning and seeing her and and I just thought see you later and that was basically my last 50 I just thought I'm gonna go into the wall hard turn and I'm just gonna leave her in the dust as much as I can um, so I definitely played it a little bit at just keeping her with me for the first 150 of just like being more comfortable and smooth with my stroke. And and then I, yeah, I turned and just, I just sprinted for that wall <laughs> and I knew I had that sprint ability. So I just trusted myself and I had fun with it. I really did. Um, I enjoyed the whole process and it was exciting to go up against someone like Katie as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, <laughs> I know I would be pretty nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was very uh, nervous. I, I was more nervous before the actual race. And then once we kind of got out there again, I just embraced the crowd and embraced the whole moment. I'm, you know, Dean always says that I'm someone who just relishes in, I guess, having attention. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I just <laughs> love it. So, um, yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, that's, that's what, uh, that's what makes someone a racer, I think, or, you know, it's like, you you have to relish those moments, I feel like. 
Mm. Um, so, you know, on those moments, uh, like you said, world record in the four by two world record in the four by one world record in the mixed four by one. Was there, was yeah. there a moment for you that stood out between those three relays or was there one of those relays that stood out? Cause you know, from the, from like the media point of view, it's like, oh my God, like just another world record, yes. you know, it's like, geez, <laughs> but you know, it's like, you have to, I have to remind myself that like each of those times is, is not only a moment in history, but like a, a really significant milestone in someone's career. 100%. Um, look, it is one of those things that when it kind of happens over and over again, it kind of, it it's similar to what you're saying. It did kind of feel like, what's going on here? Like, are we just knocking down world <laughs> records left, right and centre? Um, and it was super exciting. But I think for me, oh, I think for me, the 4x100 freestyle women's is always going to be my favourite event. I think, you know, Australia has always dominated that event and and knowing that America has that bounty on them to, well, I guess bounty on us to actually win next year in the 4x1, it, it just makes us, you know, burn even brighter and just want to show you that, you can't touch us. We, we, you know, we can't even touch, like, we're just, yeah, our, our top eight women in the, uh, the final of the trials, they're phenomenal. You know, you can't separate some of them sometimes. And unfortunately it comes down to, you know, unfortunately like mine on that day at trials, it just came down to the day and, and that's the reality of sport. Um, and that's something that I guess I learned this year. I, I really learned that, sport's not fair and sport isn't going to wait around for you. It's, it's bittersweet. There's going to be moments that you feel like you're on top of the world, like I was at, at Worlds, and there's going to be moments where I feel like I've, you know, I've failed. And that's sport. That is the reality of what we do and that's the reality of the reason we do love it because if you didn't have all those failures to your, like personally what you think is a failure, you wouldn't cherish every moment that you think is a high. And so for me, it was just really special to be able to go through that whole week on an absolute high. Um, and I guess that's why I came back and got sick. But in the end, that's that's um, no sleep and and a lot of just absolute special moments that I'll never forget and, and I'll absolutely cherish. Um, I hope there's many more to come and I hope this is just the beginning for me. Um, I, I know last year I didn't get to, achieve the goals that I wanted to because of the broken hand. But this year just proves that I'm only just getting started. So every time this topic comes up, I just, I have to ask, especially every time we talk to an Australian female sprinter, yeah. what's the deal? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it the Vegemite? <laughs> like what are you guys eating? You know, cause you know, it, you said it in the U S we're just, our, our women are just chasing you relentlessly, but you know, it's like, if we have one or two women, if uh, go under 53 seconds in the hundred free, it's like, we're looking yeah. good it, it, for you guys. It's like, you have, you know, what, five or six. I mean, it's, it's insane. What, what is the deal? I think, I think when you, as you said, like when you look at it, um, the stat, the, the, the uh, statistic for, the four by one freestyle women's team that raced at Worlds, it was a sub, it was a 5199 was the average. And you think, yeah. when is a 51 <laughs> the average? And yeah. I, and it's unbelievable. Um, 
I honestly don't know what it is, to be honest. I wish I knew because then I could try and bump myself up even more. But um, I do think it's that competitive nature. We all, we all just want to fight for that spot because we all know how special those spots are and we know they're limited. And unfortunately, you know, an Olympics doesn't come around often and, and your racing opportunities don't come around often. So you need to really grasp those opportunities. And I guess for us, we kind of have trials and then our major meet being Worlds, Commonwealth Games or Olympics. And that's kind of it for us when it comes to major meets, whereas potentially in America, they have more opportunity to race each other. But that might ne- not necessarily mean it builds their hunger to beat each other. So that's an interesting perspective. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Don't go giving away the secrets, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to do some. We need to do some soul searching now. <laughs> really, really reflect on yeah, just, what we're maybe doing just here. Have some months off and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, back to that four hundred free relay. Uh. It, mm-hmm. The average was fifty one ninety nine. You were the fastest split though at fifty one sixty nine, which is. To me, just mind blowing. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious. We we've gone through most of your meet at this point, but did you do anything that at World Champs over the course of those eight days that surprised you? My goal was always, and Dean's goal, what we've always wanted to achieve is improving my back end, and I think I wasn't even in the top ten for my back end speed prior to Worlds. <laughs> Um, and I believe now I'm second behind Molly's top split. So, you know, for me and for Dean, we basically, we weren't surprised because I had trained for it. Like nothing that happens in that pool surprises me anymore because I know how hard I work and I know that I deserve what I get. Um, but it is nice to tick off that, that moment of a goal, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to say, okay, that's that box ticked. What's the next box that we're looking for? Um, you know, it's it's just those stepping stones and those bricks that you're laying to practically perfect a race to become the best. And and of course, all of us are trying to be the best in the world. And and uh, for me, it'll be the toughest challenge will be trying to be the best in Australia first um, because that's how you make the Olympic team. <laughs> You know, you do have to be top two. And as I said, our depth is phenomenal and our women are phenomenal. And and that's my competition right now is actually just trying to make the Australian team um, as one of those top two women. So let's let's go. I, I want you to put me in a St. Peter's practice because, we, you know, we like we've said, <laughs> oh. it's like you have Molly, you have Arnie, uh, you have yeah. freaking Dean Boxel who... You know, the, the, it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome to see his, his reaction, you know, at those Olympic games when Arnie won the gold medal, but like, I feel like that's like the tip of the iceberg in terms of his personality and his passion, (laughs) you know, I'm guessing he's not doing, he's not like grabbing the rail and celebrating every day at practice, but I'm guessing he's like much more intense when you get him in his natural element. Yeah, Dean is, um, Dean is family for one. So for us, he is absolutely everything. We spend, you know, day in and day out with him. And um, as for me personally, he's been to the trenches with me and, and we've come out of that together. And 
he's always been there for me, always had my back. And I, I tell him everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, outside of swimming, inside of swimming. He knows absolutely everything because in the order, in order to get the best out of me, he needs to understand what's happening in my outside life. Um, so basically, you know, he is family to me and I've got the utmost respect for him and the things that he can do. Um, I think the best thing with him is he knows how to get the best out of each athlete individually, but do it in a group environment. Um, I think that's something really special and really, um, I guess, unheard of when it comes to coaches. Um, and having, you know, such amazing men and women in his squad, it just drives him even more. You know, those moments that you see him celebrating, as you said, like he does have that passionate training, but in the end at training, it's that passion to drive us. That is all driver training. It's the passion to build those blocks and, and push us. And, and when we're having down days or down, days that we doubt ourselves, he's the one who's scooping us up and pushing us even harder. And, and you know, for me, I work a lot of positivity. Other people might work off negativity. It just depends on how we work and that's how he works with us. And then when you get to those major moments, where it all comes together and everything he's worked for and we've worked for comes together and, and is perfect. That's what you get. You get an athlete full of joy and you get a coach who's full of joy because everything that we've worked for has just worked and it has come together perfectly to achieve the goals that we've set. And um, we couldn't do it without him. You know, it, it isn't just me and myself the whole time. If I didn't have him, I wouldn't be the athlete that I am today. So yeah, I think it, it's 100% a team environment when it comes to Dean and the athlete that he's working with. He he commits everything to us. So in, in the U.S., when we've had, um, I'm going to call it super teams, you know, when we have like <laughs> this, this conglomerate of, you know, really fast swimmers who are all training at, at mm -hmm. one time, we've kind of seen those uh, implode at times because, they're just going head to head every single day in practice and, and they kind of beat each other down or, or wear each other out. And, and it's, it's mm -hmm. not ultimately fruitful. Um, is, I mean, are you racing Molly and Arnie, you know, every single day in practice or are there days when you're going head to head intentionally and then days where you're kind of off doing your own thing or, or off with training with other, other groups of people? I definitely think that that's going to be the conversation that, you know, Dean has with all of us as athletes. I think he's got about 10 athletes that are on, that were on the actual Australian team and specifically myself and Molly, who we do train directly next to each other, whereas Arnie might have a bit more of an alternative session. So he's always managed it really well and always managed to, as you said, like allow us to um, push each other and, and help each other gain strengths. Um but I do think that that's something that uh, will be a challenge that we've got to work out over the next year because this is an individual sport as much as those girls are my friends and my teammates and, and people that I respect and adore. In the end, I'm not going to give up a spot for them. I want that spot to be mine. So I think there, there's obviously going to be a, a certain way that it's going to have to be handled um, because not every athlete reacts the same, you know, uh, I might love it and Molly might not or, or vice versa. And, and that's the kind of conversation that Molly and I would have to have together as well to make sure we're both comfortable with what we're doing. Um, I'm not going to put her in a, in a position where she's not comfortable racing me at times. And, and I know she wouldn't do that to me. 
but that's why we have someone like Dean who can actually manage that whole situation and enjoy and ensure that we're all in the right environment for ourselves and our training. Yeah. And, and I mean, so just in terms of this last season, um, what do you feel like went so well in terms of training? Um, did you, did you change anything significantly from last year to this year, or was it just kind of more of the same and kind of getting into that, getting back into that training routine? I think it was just giving me more time to get back into that training routine. Um, I, when I first came back to the sport after my time off, I um, only trained, I believe, seven sessions for most of it. And then I only increased to eight, maybe a couple months out from the trials. Um, and then this prep, I was back up to the full nine sessions of swim. Um, so I do think, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a few factors that actually came into play, whether it be, you know, having more sessions in the pool and actually building up my aerobic ability a bit more. Or in the end, it's just that ability of having more time under my belt to race again. So I think in the end, it, it's all tracking really well, um, you know, having returned and, and actually making a name for myself straight off the back of returning and, and making that Australian team was, you know, I was probably one of my proudest moments I've ever had. Um, and then, you know, it continued to move forward and progress and it's, it's on the right track for next year. And that's all I could ask for is, is, is creating those stepping stones and ticking off each box that um, myself and Dean have, you know, set goals for. Um, they are coming together and, and working out well. And there's a few things that I've already noted that I want to, you know, improve on or, or change for the next prep. And those are the conversations that Dean and I'll be keeping close to us. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> in terms of you mentioned uh, one of you and Dean's goals was improving that back in the the second 50 on your 100 free uh what mm. was that was that doing more pace for that for that second 50 was that <laughs> tweaking race strategy um how do you feel like you were able to to work on that specific skill unfortunately those secrets are between dean and i <laughs> Fine. We like to keep our cards very close, and unfortunately, I'm not going to tell anyone how I do things. <laughs> um, oh yeah, in the end, I, I race and I and I I love racing. Um, that that back end again, we train day in and day out, and and everybody works on their weaknesses. And and at that stage, my weakness was my back end because I am a natural sprinter. I have that ability to you know go out um, smooth and fast. Um, but I definitely would my, you can watch a few of my races and it looks like I just stop at 10 meters out. So I don't know if you saw my one from nationals at the Gold Coast, but I basically just stopped 10 meters out and I was dying. So I was just really proud of myself to be able to execute it a bit better and, and come home strong and finish strong. Because I think again, you can, you can lose it in that last 10 meters. And I've, I've done that several times now I've, I've lost it in that last 10 meters. So it's a, it's a lesson to learn and, and a um, weakness to work on. You know, someone was someone from our team from swim swam who, you know, we're, we're unbiased. We're, <laughs> we, uh, we don't Good. take sides allegedly, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, Oh, we but were, you did, you know, you did pick Gretchen over me. <laughs> I picked Gretchen over you. Uh, <laughs> You know, that was purely uh, motivated by how I thought you would perform. <laughs> yeah, well, but, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to uh, 
prove people wrong. So I'm glad. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see, but so someone noted that they're like all meet all, all of world champs. They're like, how is Australia? Like their last 10 meters, they're finishing races so well. Um, you know, and it was, it was you, it was obviously Molly, you know, Kyle Chalmers. I mean, like across the board, it, it just seemed like Australia was finding a, w- a way to get their hands on the wall. Um, and I mean, look at the, you know, 13 gold medals. That's you, you guys really, yeah. uh, we're finishing races astonishingly. So you don't want to share the secrets. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that one is pretty simple to narrow down. I think that comes from, it was hunger when we started winning and when we started, you know, getting world records, it was just one after the other. Like you look at that first night, it was what Sam short, Ariane, Titmus, and then the girls and then the boys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, we were watching Sam short, you know, perform and we were all yelling and screaming and then we watched Arnie do her thing. And, and again, being her training partner and someone who watches her and how hard she trains, you know, we were all almost in tears in the wall up before our four by 100 freestyle. So it, I think it just, it is that hunger of they can do it. We can do it. We're, we have each other's back. We know what we're out there to do and, and we fight to that end. Um, and I really do think that that's what made the difference was every single one of us. It was just that domino effect. The more that we performed, the more that we thrived, the more that we lifted. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it was it was a it was a monumental performance by Team Australia amazing. as a whole, and uh, super, really fun to watch as yeah as a member of the yeah. media. Uh, s- switching topics a little bit, you have a swim mm-hmm. sibling. You're, I do. <laughs> do. So, do you? Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that dynamic? And um, do you do you guys train together? Yes, we do. So, my younger brother Jamie Jack. Um, I was, when I was growing up, a lot of people laughed because they didn't actually know that I had a younger brother and people still don't actually know that we're related. But, um, yeah, he, he started training at St. Peter's, um, a year ago now and he absolutely loves it. And I love having him there. Um, you know, people say that we're probably the nicest siblings they've ever met because we don't bicker, we don't fight. We just, we have banter and we have like our own little conversations, but um I have the utmost love and respect for my younger brother and I've always wanted to be someone that he inspires to be like and someone that he actually looks up to when it comes to you know my career and the things that I've overcome in the past um nothing brings me more pride than being up there and racing with him and you know when I feel disappointment or he may feel disappointment he's there for me and I'm there for him and it's a really beautiful relationship to have um in a training environment that's that's always great to hear. I mean, and do you feel yeah. like that's, you know, you talked about your inner circle and and kind of how you you keep that pretty tight. Um, yeah. I mean, do you feel like that's just a whole different level of support um, or just a different dynamic to have on the pool deck? Um, you know, it's like your your friends and your coaches know are going to know you well, mm-hmm. but you know, family always feels a little different. Yeah, I think it is different. Um, it is one that I kind of tread, tread a bit lightly on though because I know that my younger brother adores and loves me more than anything and I know that he hates seeing me in pain or hates seeing me hurting in, in any way and and I am someone that um, always puts on a brave face around people and, and does actually 
you know, try to keep all of those negative emotions that I might feel. I try to keep them to myself and have my moment to myself when I'm at home or, um, and I used to have my partner who lived with me, but, um, you know, not unfortunate. It was unfortunate for me, but it was good for him. He um, made the Australian hockey team. So he moved to Perth at the start of the year. So it became a bit more isolating at home because I was by myself. And I felt like I started to lean on my younger brother a lot more. I felt like I, at training, if I wasn't, you know, if I, I had a bad day or if um, mentally I was just drained and, you know, got a, quite emotional or, you know, I was yeah, it's horrible. One night I walked out of training and just started bawling my eyes out because I missed my partner. And it's just a, you know, tough situation doing distance while both of us, both of us are trying to make an Olympic team. And um, my younger brother was just there to hug me and tell me that, you know, I'm doing an amazing job and I'm, you know, absolutely smashing it and I should be proud of myself. And to hear that from my younger brother is, um, is pretty special and to know that he's got my back no matter what and and I'll, I know that if I ever need him he'll be there for me and he knows I would do the same for him so it is a unique one it is a special one but I definitely try to protect him as much as I can and um, try not to show him too much because I do know that he would feel that pain if I was in pain that's <clears throat> that's that seems like a very big sibling thing to do but yeah uh, that's, yeah that's Let's, uh, also, <laughs> sorry, I was like leaning over here because I'm I have a map of the world right behind me, so I'm like looking. <laughs> so to give some perspective, Perth is like that's like a six hour flight away from it Brisbane, is, right? Yeah. So I can't unfortunately see him on weekends or anything. Um, I think I think we usually have about two to three months gaps between actually seeing each other. Um, it's very it's hard. Um, the best thing is that you know, so my partner's name is Joel and he's, um, he was there for me during my lowest of lows, during my um, drug accusation and, and all the casing and everything like that. So we've faced that and gotten over that. So distance is a breeze. Um, we definitely know how to read each other like a book. So it's, it's quite easy to deal with, you know, any scenario that's thrown our way. But I think the biggest thing is we both have the utmost respect for the fact that this next year is, is both of us just prioritizing our careers, you know, our relationship is strong and we know that you know we can get through anything and you know he wants to train and work hard and and hopefully secure a spot on the olympic team for the kookaburras and i myself want to secure my spot um for the australian team and and hopefully both of us be on an olympic team together so you know that's going to be more special than anything um that we can think of and so it makes it all worth it in the end if we can achieve the goals that we've set out for ourselves talk about a power couple Jeez. Um, <laughs> only power couple if we get there. <laughs> well, but we do try. We definitely. Only if we both make <laughs> Only, yeah. You can only make that claim if we've both made it. But um, it is it is phenomenal. And again, seeing someone like him, I know it's, you know, a bit off topic, but um, I've watched him and his career and um, I've watched him from, you know, we started dating in 2016. Um, so I've watched him go through all the highs and lows of, of a completely different career. And he, you know, got selected on the Australian team, which again is the utmost honour for any sport. Um, so to be able to, you know, see him achieving his goals and representing his country um, is, is really special for me as well. Oh, uh, no kidding. I mean, and that's, uh, thank you for adding that. Cause that's, that's just great to hear. Um, as also, you guys have the coolest names. 
the the Matildas, <laughs> the Kookaburras. We don't have yeah. anything like that. <laughs> what do That's, you guys uh, have? We don't. USA. We don't have. <laughs> well, like all the all the professional sports leagues have. You know, mm-hmm. like like the American football and like the basketball. Like yeah. all yeah. all they have names, but like our international teams, like it's just they don't have names. It's just like the yeah. team. USA soccer. It's just the yeah, Team USA. Yeah, <laughs> no, we've always we've always got team names. Um, men and, and especially like in those team sports, they've got the women's team and the men's team. So the hockey's got the Kookaburras and the hockey roos. So, um, both again iconic like Australian animals, and they've managed to mix them in there, and and we're the dolphins. So, yeah, right. yeah, that's it's just like man, that's I wish we love anyway. Our that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we don't have iconic animals, I guess. We just have lots mm-hmm. of deer. <laughs> yes, US ideas. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever visited the states before? Um, I have. My first international meet was in Indianapolis, and that's actually where Dean and I met. We were over there for a competition, and he drove on the wrong side of the road. So that was my first initial <laughs> meeting of Dean. So he was like, I'm from the beginning. Um, never changed. But yeah, I've been to Indianapolis and Minnesota, San Francisco. Um, so yeah, I've been, San Francisco <laughs> was a bit nicer. Um, I actually have a map here as well, but I don't think I've actually scratched it off. Um, I think that's all. I haven't been to too many. My parents have been to New York. But I chose not to go to New York, so I went to Mexico instead. Oh, and I've been to Hawaii. If you guys do actually count that, I mean, I I feel like that's it's yeah, I, it's different. <laughs> I guess it yeah, like yeah, Hawaii just seems better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was nice. I've been to yeah, we went. I've been there like I think four times, so I I do love Hawaii. <laughs> nice yeah i would i i still haven't been to hawaii but uh really yeah, i mean that's yeah i, I know. would recommend that's... going if you need a holiday <laughs> or a break i it's it is it is top of list for sure um yeah. that's that's funny that you met dean in the u.s on a trip to indy how was what was your first impression of him like like were you like oh i want this guy to be my coach um, I was only 13, so I don't, I think he remembers it more than me when it came to like our interactions. I don't actually remember him at all. Um, other than the fact that he drove on the other, the wrong side of the road and I thought he was just like very out there. Um, yeah, I didn't actually make too much of an impression. I was, I was there to race and I, I am very like, you know, head down, have fun, but not get too caught up in anything. And um, I actually remember the first time him and I spoke again in 2018 when I was looking at moving programs because I was previously with Simon Cusack and the Campbell sisters. Um, I met with Dean and he said when he met that 13-year-old girl back in Indianapolis, he knew that I was born to race and that, you know, him and I together would be a power team. So I can have the power couple with Joel and the power team with Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty special that he remembered the interactions that him and I had with each other. Um, yeah, it it was pretty special. I also remember the one thing was he went and picked a fight with Canada before I raced. So he went and told them that we were going to smash them and that they were going to lose. And so he came and told us that he picked a fight 
And so we had to actually go through with it and win. The good thing is we did, but it was like one of those moments of, what is this guy doing? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We, it's just classic need- Dean though. He he loves to oh, he just he just loves to he loves the banter and he loves to stir the pot and and you just thrive off it. You know, it's never uh, an intimidation. It's always you know what, if Dean believes we can do it, then we can bloody do it. We need more Dean Voxels in our sport. <laughs> that's for, that is for sure. <laughs> um, that's that's incredible. <laughs> All right. So to 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 wrap up this podcast, um, you know, you've got another season of competition under your belt. As previously mentioned, you you were out of racing for a couple seasons, during which mm-hmm. time we went through a yep. global pandemic. Uh, Mm -hmm. you finally get back to racing, you break your hand. I mean, you've, you've been through quite a, quite, quite a bit these last few years. Um, and then, and then you get through this season and like you said, you didn't meet all your goals, but it's, it seemed like a great season. I'm just curious Mm -hmm. on the perspective you have now, um, having been through all that and then kind of having the season where you're able to race at your fullest um, and especially heading into an Olympic year, um, what, how are you, how are you feeling as an athlete and, and as a person right now, having, having all of that under your belt? That's a great question. I think for myself, I, I personally feel a lot of pride that I've been able to come back from the two years of, of not racing and, and in, you know, in a way being kicked out of a sport that I loved since I was a young girl, um, that was just the initial start and I never came back putting an expectation on myself, but as any great athlete and as any great competitor, you're always going to start putting those expectations on yourself. And if the last years have taught me anything, it is just to be grateful for every opportunity that I get and to say yes to every opportunity that I get. You know, this year I got that opportunity to to race in a four way two. And I, I said, yes, you know, without hesitation, it was just, put me in, you trust me, I trust you, I'll do the job. And and I proved that to myself and I proved that to everybody else. And so I think moving forward over the next year, it, it's just about having fun, enjoying what I do, you know, loving being in this world. Not many people get to represent their country. Not many people get to, you know, work as an athlete. My My job is to work as an athlete and to inspire the next generations. You know, we just watch the Matildas, do what they did and completely change history for young boys and girls and show what everyone can be capable of if they, you know, persist and and try something new. And that's what I want to do. My goal has always been to inspire and to create opportunities for young boys and girls to want to be just like me. Um, I started the sport looking up to athletes such as Libby Trickett and Kate Campbell and, and those are the kind of girls that got me involved in wanting to be an Olympic athlete and that dream is still there for me and I hope that I'm the person that other boys and girls look up to and and think about the Olympics as well. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.